Drew is a journalist, a disability rights activist, who's hoping to use this platform to shed light on the importance of including people with disabilities within the media industry, as well as shedding light on all the positive stories that people are going have going on in the world. You're listening to the Drew D's News Podcast. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Drew's News Podcast. I'm so excited that you all joined us this evening. This evening, I'm joined by Kevin O'Brien. And he um, he is an international professional basketball player, y'all. And he had a short stint um, at St. Louis College in Gainesville. And then he just has a gift, a God-given gift and a God-given talent. And he said, you know what? I'm going to serve God and serve his bigger purpose. So, without further ado, welcome my man, Kevin O'Brien. Thank you, man. I appreciate you for having me. So, Kevin, if you just want to tell the viewers who you are and what you're about. Oh, yeah. Basically, I feel like you covered it pretty well. That was a great introduction, by the way. Um, But, yeah, man, I'm Kevin O'Brien. I'm 25 years old, uh, born and raised in Miami, Florida. Um, Basketball player, I guess, would be... The way to describe what I do. Um, I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. Uh, I've found a love for the game at a very, very young age, and uh, I'm very thankful to still be able to play and compete and travel and see the world. And um, it's a pretty cool experience, man. I'm, I'm excited to see it continue. But uh, yeah, if they want to know more, I guess they should stay tuned. Uh, that's why we're here, right? That's right. That's right. You got to stay, stay uh, tuned in to the very end because at the end, we, uh, Kevin will be taking some questions for you all, the viewers. I told you all that I was going to make this as engaging and interactive as possible. I plan to do lives with some of my guests at least once a month. Um, and Kevin was like, hey, can I hop on here? And I'm like, hey, let's do it. Let's get it. Um, I've had a busy day, y'all. Um, some of you may know that I've, I've this is my third interview for the day my third interview but you know what I uh I'm blessed because you know I'm serving God's purpose just uh, as I'm sure Kevin is serving his purpose playing some basketball so um you know at the end of the day we're doing what we love and we're loving what we do and you know what they say if you do what you love you never work a day in your life right so that's exactly what I'm doing here tonight um and I'm sure Kevin's doing the same so with that we'll jump right in so you already told us a little bit about yourself, but where did you get your love for basketball, man? Um, to be honest, man, it started, I was about five years old and uh, I don't know, I tell this story a lot, but uh, it really started, I, I was watching the Lakers. I was a five-year-old kid. I had never seen or played basketball, even touched the basketball. And I was watching Shaq for the first time. Shaq and Kobe, that duo is what really made me fall in love with the game. But I was really watching Shaq. That was my guy when I was a kid. And um, I guess really from that day forward that I knew what I wanted to do. Like I just fell in love with the game and everything that comes with it, the good, the bad, the people you meet, uh, the places you see, the places you go. I mean, I would have never, you know, I could never have expected any of this to to go the way it went. And um, that's why I I always emphasize the bad too, because though it seems like such a great um, thing and fun thing to be a part of, uh, there's a lot of bad too, and a lot of adversity, and a lot of tough times, um, especially you know mentally. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad that I see guys in the NBA speaking up. 
Um, but even for a guy like myself who plays overseas, you know, I'm home now, but you know, typically when you're gone for a long season, you miss a lot of holidays and you miss a lot of family time. And it's not quite like you're on the other side of the country where they can catch a flight and come watch you play. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's the things you do because you love the game. And when you attack with a good work ethic and a good mindset, uh, those other things can can get pushed to the side sometimes. And that's not always easy, but I guess that's why not everybody does it. Um, I've loved the game my whole life. I've had some really tough times with the game and then sometimes that just I absolutely live for. So, um, you know, you got to take the good with the bad, but just like you said, when you love what you do, I guess you're never going to work or you never work a day in your life. I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say. Exactly. And you are an international professional basketball player. Could you tell me how has that been affected by COVID? Man, it was really, really tough. So my last stint, I was in Tbilisi, Georgia, and I was out there for eight and a half months, almost nine months. Uh, I played there for Dinamo Tbilisi. And uh, that was quite an experience. That was actually my first time ever in Europe. My only professional experience before that was playing in Mexico, which I won't lie, was a bit of a culture shock, but luckily for me, I speak Spanish, so I was able to adapt a little bit better. Um, but being out in Georgia was completely foreign to me. I mean, just different language, different alphabet, different food. It's like, man, I'm just a kid from Miami, man. I need, I, I need my, my, my Cuban food. I need all this other stuff. And it's different, man. Listen, but. listen, I'm from a small town. I don't know if you've heard of it. Trenton, Florida. Shout out Gilchrist County. We are <laughs> out there with the cows and the hay bales. So, uh, yeah, you would be like, what is this? Um, and it's a one-stop like town. And if you blink, you'll miss so like my first, like that's kind of like when I first got to Gainesville, that was a little bit of a culture shock for me too, you know, coming from Miami and stuff. So I can only imagine what it's like in your hometown, but it's definitely shout out to Trenton. But yeah, man, just to get back to what you said about uh, how it how COVID affected the season or, or affected my career and many other guys' careers that, that work really, really hard and, and, you know, put themselves on the line to sign these one-year deals and go overseas and try to make some money and, you know, bring it home and, and, and make something of their career. Uh, this COVID thing sidelined all of that for a long time. Now, I know a lot of leagues still continued and are still playing and managing themselves through COVID. And that's amazing because I think, you know, at the end of the day, the game is always going to go on. And regardless of how bad the pandemic is and everything else has been, it's, it really is a great thing that the game is still going on. But for me individually, I've had to stay patient uh, and wait for the right opportunity and really get healthy. You know, it's it's been an interesting offseason, even though I didn't plan on there being a pandemic that would send us home right before the playoffs after being there for eight and a half months and, and you build a lot of camaraderie with your group and and all these things and just for it to suddenly be sidelined COVID is now a thing and I'm on a flight back to Miami two days later I mean it's almost kind of like all that work you put in was for nothing um it's very frustrating very tough some tough times I even had to step away from basketball for a little bit but Sometimes it takes that in order to refine that love. I definitely think I've tapped back into my passion and, and, and wanting to work and all that other stuff. And I'm just really excited for what's to come. And honestly, sometimes they'll say, you know, we don't like to take breaks, but sometimes breaks are good. And they help you refocus and you come into something with a total different mindset. Um, I had COVID myself back in um, September. And I can tell you, you know, two weeks in quarantine, it, it, it really makes you think about the value of life, you know, the little things. Um, so I really decided I'm going to cherish everything, and, you know, and that's kind of what helped me launch 
this podcast that we're on here today, because um, I've been thinking about doing this forever, and, um, you know, I literally, I'm like, I don't know how people are going to receive this, I don't know if it's going to work, I said I'll be happy with uh, an episode a month, but I'm lucky and blessed to say that I am totally booked through March, so we are going to have guests every week, y'all, but let's get back to basketball, so you're, again, you travel internationally, right, that's got to be incredible, um, you've probably been places that you otherwise never would have known um, if you had, if not for that experience. Where's the favorite, where's your uh, most favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Um, so I try to take a little bit of everything and everywhere I go, even if it's just like a simple road game and you go into a new city and you think, okay, I'm just here for one night, two nights just to play this opponent and then go out. But I really do try to make an effort, even though I'm tired sometimes, to try to get out and see as much as I can. Because, you know, you never know, just like you said, you never know if you ever would or ever will come back to these places. And there's really so much out there for the world to see. And that's why um, I really feel blessed to do what I do, although it's tough, um, you know, being away and everything like that. Being able to see some of these places and, and get to play the game you love and make some money doing it is it's incredible, man. And there's so many guys on levels high and low that are just grinding and trying. And I, I got so much respect for everybody in the game from, you know, the players to the coaches to, you know, the media, everybody is just, it's, it's, it's a tough game. It's a tough business, but you know, it's the ones that stick with it and, and stick it out is that make it out, you know? So that's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put myself in that category too. Exactly. So I'm sure you've had many throughout your career thus far, but could you tell me one memory in particular of your career so far that you'll never forget? That is tough, man. So you mean like one individual moment in the game or, or something like that? Like that, whatever, or whatever. You, if, if, it doesn't have to be one moment. Maybe it's a couple. Um, Man, well, I guess at every level, I had like so much excitement when I'm, you know, first coming in. Um, but I'd probably have to say one game that I was super anxious about and I, and I don't really get too worked up before games. I usually try to you know, stay even keeled and stuff like that. But I would have to say it'd probably be my first game um, at Lynn University when I transferred over from Santa Fe. Uh, and I only say that because so much led to that moment um, from being at Santa Fe and, and, and tearing my ACL those two straight years and not being able to play for Coach Maori, who I love to death and has done so much great for me and Coach V and Coach Selva and even Coach Carter for that last year. Um, they did so many great things for me, but that first game at Lynn was so, uh, so special, so special to me because I really felt like I lost the game given my luck the last couple of years. And I played really well. And I just, it gave me that confidence that I needed that I could still play at a high level. Um, and it was just an amazing moment. I remember being really emotional because um, it took a lot to get to that point. Um, and luckily, you know, by the grace of God, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still able to play. So. Yeah, man, I don't know if you remember, but very briefly while you were at Santa Fe, I was also there, and I remember that you were uh, quite the star. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what are some life lessons, you know, that the game of basketball has taught you? I always say that sports is more than just a game. It's about those life lessons that you get through sports. Absolutely. Well, I think, number one, it builds, it builds character and it builds a work ethic. Um, you learn how to plan things out. Uh, and over time, you know, you just, 
working at something, you know, it's almost kind of like everybody's goal, right. To, to go into a season and win whatever championship that is, but you don't really know what your goals are when you're like working every single day. You just want to continue to get better. And in the game, like it's, it's just, it's amazing to like work so much at something and you can struggle with it so much at first until you master it. And that's the thing that like, I'm obsessed the most about the game that like even seeing it in other players and stuff is just so amazing about it and how I think the game is always going to continue to get better. You know, regardless of who comes in and who goes out is that people work and they just continue to improve and they see that in themselves and work on other things. So for me, that's, that's the most, that's the best thing. Awesome. You kind of touched on this already, but do you have one specific coach that has stuck out to you um, during your career? And if so, why? Um, so every coach played a significant role in my life. Um, everyone whether I liked them, whether I didn't like them, whether they liked me or didn't like me, every coach taught me something. And looking back, um, I'm grateful for every one of them, every single one that I played for. Um, for a, from a personal standpoint, though, I would have to say it's definitely Coach Mowry from Santa Fe. I tell my, I actually had this conversation with my, with my mom and dad the other day. Um, I really believe in a lot of aspects that Coach Mowry saved my life. Because when I first got to Gainesville and I was, uh, you know, 17, 18 years old, coming from Miami, first time living alone. You know, I shared a room with both my brothers my entire life growing up. Um, and it's my first time I have my own room. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to college, I'm playing on the team and everything. Uh, it's, it, I finally got my freedom and that came with a lot of responsibility. And when I first came in, I just wasn't responsible. I, 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 I was into other things and, and I like to have fun. And, you know, I, I wasn't always off the court uh, doing the things I was supposed to do. And that's not to say I was a bad kid or getting in trouble, but definitely not doing the right things. And Coach Mowry uh, really took me in and really helped show me the ropes and was just a, a real positive in my life and, and a really, really tough time for me. Uh, just going back to it, obviously, with those injuries. When you're playing at a JUCO, uh, which Santa Fe is a junior college, uh, guys that go there and play, they try to play there for two years and then get an offer from a four-year school, whether that be D1, D2, D3, NAI, and end up at a four-year university. Um, so it's really a grind. You know, guys come in with the intent to get out. Um, and from a coach, he's going to want guys that are going to come in and be able to play. Um, and Coach Mowry, given that I had those injuries, at any point could have just sent me home and opened up that scholarship spot for somebody else that could have came in and performed. And he didn't, he kept me in school. He, he knew that if I got healthy, if I was able to do the right things, I could still have a chance. And he always told me that he would keep me up. You know, I'd crutch into his office and sit down just to talk to him. And Coach V obviously, and Coach Selva too. I can't act like they weren't in the mix as well. Um, they really saved my life, man. They really saved my life and, and I'm grateful for them. I wish games wasn't always so far away so I can go and see them sometimes. And But uh, I'll always be grateful for what they did for me. I know, man. You got to come back to the Ville. We got to hang out sometimes. My little brother is actually at UF right now. He's he's taking classes at UF right now. So he's the next game. I can't say Gator because I wasn't a Gator, but we grew up Gator fans. But uh, he's he's a Gator. So if you don't mind me asking, what's he study? He's an, he's he's an engineering major. Oh, wow. We got the brains. Oh, he's, he got the brains for sure. I think he got the looks, too. <laughs> I used to think it was me, but I think it's him. <laughs> 
All right, that's a good, perfect segue. If there's any kid, any youngsters out there, and they're watching this, and they're like, whoa, bro, this is awesome. Like, he's living the dream. He's playing professional basketball. I might want to do that too. What's one piece of advice or encouragement that you might get them? Just don't ever get down. And you really have to trust your work. Um, but the thing that I tell guys the most is run your own race. And what I mean by run your own race is don't look at somebody else's path and think that just because there's one like that means that yours should go like that. It's not always the case. It's not always the case. So things are going to happen in life, whether you work a regular job, whether you're a ball player, no matter what you do, and you're going to hit obstacles. But if you really want something and you really want to achieve something and you actually have a chance because there is actually, obviously, you know, from a physical standpoint, you need to be able to play, but to really have a chance, you got to stick with it regardless of what other people are going to say or what other people do. So I, I would tell any kid that's watching this to not get discouraged by other people's success. Instead, praise them for their success and just continue to focus on your own mission and your own path. And just don't hate on anybody along the way. Respect the game and the game will, in return, reward you. However that may be, however far you take it, that's just what I always tell people is to run their own race and go on their own path. Wow, you're you're over here uh, motivating some people tonight, including including myself, including myself, uh, preaching to the choir there. So some people have superstitions that they like to do or routines that they like to do before a big game. What is yours? <laughs> so I'm Cuban, man. So to be honest with you, uh, Cuban people are known to be super, like really superstitious. Uh, I've just found little things along the way, but um. To be honest with you, like when I was young, I would kind of just like if I wore an undershirt that game and I played really well, that would be like my lucky undershirt for the next three or four games until I had a bad game. And then I would completely shun the undershirt completely and have to start from scratch. You know, I tried the whole superstition thing, but at the end of the day, I just kind of started basing my mindset on confidence based on my work ethic. So my preparation is that's 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 my confidence right there. I know that if I prepared, then I'm going to be ready to go and it'll show on the floor. You know what I'm saying? But yep. superstition wise, I guess I've kind of grown out of them. I just show up ready to go. You just come to play the game. You just come to do what you do, shoot hoops. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Hey! Yeah, man. So, my last question from me, and then we'll open the floor for audience questions. Um, it's kind of like my signature question. I ask every single person um, that has been on the show and that will be on the show this question. Um, what do you hope your legacy will be? Um, I, just hope, I just hope people will look at my story and think that that they can do it too. I hope that I'll be able to take this somewhere much higher than where I'm at right now. And that's what I work for every single day because I, I still have goals and chips on my shoulders to personal things that I, that I want to accomplish for myself. But I think if, if I want to be remembered, I think I just want people to look at me as an example that like literally anything can, can be achieved, anything, regardless of how things started or, or anything like that. And I guess that's always been my MO. That's always, that's kind of just been my story. No matter where I'm at, it's always going to be some tor some type of adversity. And I know that mine's isn't any more than anyone else's, but
but you know when it's your own personal trial you feel it a lot more um i just want my story i just want to be remembered as somebody that just continued to fight for what they love for what they're passionate about and that if other people applied that same mindset that nine times out of ten it'll probably work for them too or they'll surprise themselves with how much they can accomplish and i think that's been the best thing about this whole thing so far is that i'm learning things about myself too along the way that uh i probably didn't know i was capable of but um i got good people in my corner and a great family and support system um and they keep me up even when i'm down sometimes but uh I'm just really excited to see where I can continue to take this. And, and I hope people are hanging with me for the process, man, because it's been a fun one to this point. And I, I really do hope it continues. Amen. Well, we have, now I open the floor for questions. So if anyone has any questions, comment them. And now's the time. Um, I see one in here right now. It's quite lengthy. So bear with me here. Are there any specific examples of adversity that you face um, during your basketball journey that you're willing to share? And how did you motivate yourself to push through? Also, how did these experience, experiences shape you into the player you are today? Uh, Quite a loaded question. What's the name of the person that asked that question? His name is Cole. Cole, that's a great question. Um, so yeah, some, some of the little adversities, I, I guess, it'd have to go back to high school where things first started for me. Um, as a sophomore in high school, I was cut from the JV team. I went and tried out for JV and didn't make it and was told that I wasn't good enough. Even though I was a tall kid, I was kind of goofy and growing into my body and going through a lot of knee pains, but I felt like I was good enough to play and I came out and didn't make it. And, you know, that was, that was a really tough pill to swallow to not be a part of something. And that's really where my whole thing kind of shifted, where I started really devoting myself to the game and working and trying to get better. Then the following year as a junior, I tried out again, this time for the varsity. Um, and I actually kind of didn't make it again, was kind of pushed down again. So after a whole year of, you know, busting my tail and everything, I don't know. I, it's a lot of other reasons I probably won't even get into, um, but didn't make it again until, you know, a couple things happened, whatever. And then I ended up being a part of the team as a junior, but barely seeing any time. And I just took that so personal because I knew I was ready. I, I knew I'd been working. I knew I was good enough to be out there, but I just had to sit back and watch for a lot of that junior year. Um, and then senior year came, I was so frustrated with my entire process that I even really considered transferring schools. Uh, but come to find out that staying at Columbus was the best decision I'd made, at least to that point. Um, and I had a tremendous senior year and it was almost like everything was full circle at that point. Like all the time I put in all the tough stuff uh, it all came together and I had a great year and eventually picked up an offer from a bunch of schools, one being Santa Fe, where I took my talents to Gainesville and I couldn't wait to be a part of that. And then some more adversity came from there when I had my ACL injuries and that was back to back years. So imagine going through my first major surgery, I'm out for six or seven months. I finally get cleared. All I can think about is getting out there, getting ready to play, being able to play again. And then I tear it again. Uh, week before I need to report back to Santa Fe to come back. I also had a big off season that year and was getting calls from a lot of big schools that, you know, I was kind of excited. I felt like, wow, whatever happens, you know, God, God always has, God always has a bigger plan, but then it happened. And then all those calls, all those offers, everything that all kind of stopped, that all kind of slowed down for a little while. And you can imagine that's that'll weigh in on your conscience heavy because now you got a bunch of people saying, okay, well, one, you can come back from, but two ACLs back-to-back -back years. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to play anymore. I don't know if he should come to the school. Um, 
And, you know, I understand because there is a business aspect to the game. Even when you're in college and you're not making any money, it's still a business, right? They still want to bring guys in that are going to play for them. And yeah, you get a free education along the way, but it is a business. They got to bring in guys that's going to play. Um, but thankfully, you know, Coach Price, Coach Norwood from Lynn University, um, they were with me from the beginning, to be honest. He, Coach Price came and saw me right before my second surgery and talked to me and let me know that regardless of what was about to happen, that they were interested and wanted to bring me along. And, you know, we fell out of touch for a little bit. I went through my rehab process and came back and was ready to go. And Lynn came back to see me and I went for an offer and, commit, and committed right there on my offer. And after not playing in two years, first game comes around at, at Lynn and it's, it's everything I could have wished for. It's everything I had been waiting for, been working for. And it's been uh, full speed ahead ever since. Uh, I've met some amazing guys at every level I've played at, some amazing people at every level I've played at. And if it weren't for pushing through those adversities, uh, that never would have happened. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And uh, I'm always thankful to God for continuing to give me that willpower to keep going because I feel like at any point I could have stopped. Wow. What a testimony, brother. What a testimony. I just got one thing to say about that. It's not about how many times you fall down. It's about how many times you get back up. And from what I'm hearing, my man don't stop. He gets back up and keeps the moving. Um, we got another question. I believe this may be some of your family, actually. Scott O'Brien says, there are a lot of kids who watch you, follow you, and look up to you. Do you have a special moment or kid that made an impression on you? No, I don't have one uh, special kid in particular or, or anybody that really, you know, sticks out. But for me, uh, kids have always been my passion. So in the off season, I work a lot with kids. Um, I partner with uh, my good friend, Brandon, who he runs this thing called Dibia. And it's really like, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a nonprofit, but it's, it's these things for these inner city kids out in Coconut Grove and down in Cutler Bay. And I get to play in little camps with them and teach them how to play the game. And we play other games and stuff too, but um, just being able to spend that time and have that effect because, you know, when you're a little kid, you, you almost kind of look for just anybody to give you some type of hope. I remember when I was a little kid, if any basketball player or anything would have ever walked in my school, I would have been like, like jaw to the floor. Like, I want to be just like this guy. Um, and it's crazy because now I know that I have that impact. So I really try to make an emphasis on being a good person and being a good leader to these kids because it really does play a role. You know, they, they end up growing up to be, I mean, they're our future is our kids are our future. So I want to set the best example I can for them now while they're young and taking everything in, you know, that, uh, you know, just because it's what I do, doesn't mean that's what they have to do, but if they have an interest that they can do anything they set their mind to. So kids for me is always the number one, you know? Amen. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Um, if anyone's watching or anyone's listening to this um, and they want to connect with you because they think your story and your testimony is so powerful, just like I do, how can they do that? Uh, so my Instagram is Kevin O'Brien 33. Uh, my Twitter is Kev O'Brien 33. And then um, I think my Facebook link is posted all, all around here everywhere. So, uh, yeah, man, that's Instagram, Kevin O'Brien 33. Twitter is Kev O'Brien 33. So, but I appreciate you for having me on the show, man. I, I think you're doing some great things and uh, I definitely appreciate you reaching out and, and taking the time. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, it's been a blast. Well, folks, you've heard it here first. Here first, that was another episode of the Drew's News Podcast. 
if you or someone you know has either a testimony or a topic they would like me to cover, you can either follow me on social media on all platforms at Drew D's Reports or email me at dsreports at gmail.com. And remember, if you can dream it, you can drew it. Have a great night.